0: Good evening, Olia. Thank you for being with me. Uh, we've been friends for years now and we met uh, actually at the ayahuasca ceremonies um, in Holland, where, where, you, where you are. Um, and so I've, I've been really appreciating building a friendship with you and I also really appreciate what you share online. On your different channel, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, you're also pretty active on there. So feels the connection is very strong because it's a daily connection where you post um, bits and snippets of your daily life, you know, and um, things that are crossing your mind. Um, so I feel I feel very enriched by that, and I really like it. And at the end of this conversation, people also will know where to find you. Uh, but before that, uh, I would like you to give us a little context about you growing up, how it's been for you. Maybe where, where were you growing up, and uh, what was your path like in the in the first years of your life?
1: Thank you. I wouldn't be able to say say it so beautiful about myself as you just did. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, I was born in Ukraine, and uh, then my family moved to Germany. Uh, My father was in the army there. Uh, When I was around nine years old, they returned to Ukraine. So I grew up in Germany, actually. So from one till almost nine. I went to school quite late, around nine years old, while all children went around seven years old. And then i uh, finished the school in ukraine and i studied four years in university and then i moved to the netherlands since then i've been living in the netherlands i think it was from 2003 till now 2021 quite some time uh, yeah i came in the netherlands it was 2003 and it was almost 2004.
0: And. Um- And what was it like for you um, experiencing reality when you were a child and a teenager? Were were there easy years or was it easy for you, you know, with the the different systems, the schools and and maybe your family life or or what was going on for you at that time?
1: In my childhood, I actually feel that I was quite blessed as a child. Uh, I, I lived in Germany. My parents brought me a lot of uh, candies every day, <laughs> yummy, yummy things, a lot of toys, dolls. So no shortage of anything, uh, quite comfortable, uh, safe environment. When we returned to Ukraine, I was uh, feeling a bit of a shock, cultural shock. Everything was different. There was shortage of everything. Like even food was a challenge to get as much as you want. You only like would be allowed to get certain amount of food uh, from the stores so, so that everybody would get enough, you know? So, and there were no doughs, no candies. So I kept asking my parents when I was gonna come back. And it was like, you know, Soviet Union time, one of the hardest times actually started. And my parents said, we're not gonna go back. And I thought, no, no way, I have to go back. So I think I programmed it in my mind at that moment that I have to go back there, you know? And uh, I knew all the years of my study, I went to study foreign languages that I would uh, not live there. Even though uh, Ukraine has nice culture, people are kind and humane, they are more, like, helpful towards each other. But um, for some reason, I, I couldn't uh, accept certain aspects of the culture, of uh, maybe collective mentality. Uh, we cannot blame people for that, if they had shortage of something. But I knew it wasn't right. Yeah, I just felt as a child that... Um, because when when people are not happy they start behaving out of um, idea of lack towards each other and then it ruins relationships between people you know
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i can imagine that and do you notice that you know in my ways of saying i i i say scarcity programming right it's a way the the system is programming our mind to, mm. So we, we therefore manifest from that, right? We, we have integrated these beliefs of lack. And on the other hand, we are powerful manifestor and creator. So we are generating this lack around us because it's been programming us. So it has a lot of impact when we, and generally we integrate some aspects of, of, of that scarcity mindset. Yeah.
1: And uh, last two years, I've been going to Greece. And it has really been a healing environment for me because the culture reminds Ukraine very much. But people have no scarcity uh, mindset. They give you everything they've got. Like, please just take it here. Everything we have, just take it, you know? And I, it was kind of like going home. But on the other hand, not really going to Ukraine but very similar country Uh, and then uh, seeing that people even if they have little in Ukraine they also can have very little and still share it even more than the ones who have a lot Uh, but like seeing uh, people in Ukraine so affected by the lack that they become bitter and jealous towards each other if I would enter the store in Ukraine when I came back in one of The years from the Netherlands, they would tell me in the store, uh, they would like, I would say, enter and say hello happily. And they would look at me like, why are you so happy? You know, what's wrong with you? Like, uh, and I didn't like that vibe at all. So it's a shame, you know, that the country where I could feel like could be my home, I actually don't feel at home like a stranger. Also uh, in the Netherlands, I feel like a foreigner, of course, because as soon as I meet someone, they ask where are you from, and they don't mean it, but <laughs> it, you know, constantly gives me the feeling like oh I'm not from here. <laughs> and when I travel anywhere to Greece or to America, people also ask me oh where are you from. So uh, you know, uh, I never uh, feel like anywhere is actually my home. And you know, in a higher spiritual sense, that's uh, the whole point to realize that we are in this world, but we are not of it. So, we can come here like in a hotel temporarily, we may use everything, uh, enjoy it, or learn from it, but it's not ours. We will go, we will not be able to take anything with us. So, wherever you go, you are a foreigner, actually, because. Your soul is not from this earth, it's from some other dimension, yeah? So you're here a foreigner in any way. And you know, in Vedic astrology, I have Rahu in my fourth house, and Rahu is a foreigner. Fourth house is house of home, that creates this energy that wherever I go, I feel I'm not at home, I'm a foreigner. And it's not like I suffer from it, it's just an observation,
0: yeah. Wow! Yeah, I um, I can relate because I had this feeling. I think it's also from. I mean, it's also part of the pre-program part, um, and I was also very drawn to traveling. Um, and I did travel a lot. And as you, I was pleasantly surprised by the cultures that I met that were very generous. Uh, mm-hmm. even when they were poor. Sometimes I think about. Asia or Cambodia where they were giving me watermelons or in every country I received some fruits at the time whereas they were poor which which was really nice uh, and not as depicted the horror that was depicted on on television or so and but at the same time it's only recently that i that I'm kind of settling um I think only this year really um and and, and um, we will talk about it, but also your your how you teach your guys also assisting that with a deep relaxation and feeling safe in a in a home you know having a home and customizing your way you know with items that you like and you know plants and just whatever makes you happy when you look at them. And so I, I feel there's been a lot of progress for me on that. On that area and, and in my body it feels different it feels like it feels like uh it feels maybe more inviting to be safe or or creating this kind of nest around but it, it's pretty new uh so i understand what you're talking about
1: mm-hmm. uh, yeah so the point is to be at home within our heart in our body and then you're home wherever you go you can bring your awareness into your heart into your body breathe into your heart a kind of hide there from the whole world you know no matter what's going on around you that also was my practice I was really inspired by one teacher recommended to always go with your awareness into your heart and when I realized how comfortable it feels I I was doing it all the time you know but then some friends started telling me you are not present <laughs> so, because I was escaping into my like spiritual realm (laughs) so yeah I think it's a balance you know to be here and be connected with yourself for me it's always been a challenge how to uh, do interaction and stay deeply connected inward and it's the most interesting part for me yeah like accommodating the other person in your uh, space giving them full attention and also having full attention to yourself
0: mm-hmm. yeah 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 i guess in the beginning for me too i was getting lost in in my desire to maybe meet other other people need or it was part of my programming but i was getting maybe out of body you know, mm-hmm. and just uh, confused about where the other person begin where I begin where I my need. what are, it, it was just, the line was not so very clear. So I think it's a practice and, and maybe also that's why some body practice can also help us to be mm-hmm. more aware of, of even physically where we begin and where, where the words begin also the, <laughs> the exterior and uh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well in the teachings of yoga, even the body is an external something because we can absorb our body, you know, how what it's doing, but yeah, we are not this body. And yeah, so going deeper and deeper to realization what is it that I am, and only awareness is any like the only thing that I actually am. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And is this why you got interested in in learning yoga and practicing yourself and and later teaching?
1: Yeah, I don't even know uh, why I was interested in yoga. I was uh, eating my lunch with my colleague and and she mentioned, I go to yoga every Sunday. I didn't know what yoga meant. I didn't even know at that point what it was. But it sounded to me like i have to go i have to join her and i said oh that sounds interesting and she said you want to come come and i'm like oh, i'm not sure maybe next time she said no let's go so i came with her in the first lesson i realized this is it You know, this is what i have
0: to do when was that in your in your journey
1: i was uh, almost 28
0: Oh, okay. It was around your Saturn return. That's one of the only things I know in astrology.
1: <laughs> and it was like, you know, Saturn return starts from 28 to 30. And um, the change usually starts a little bit earlier. It, it's like preparation for the change. for mm-hmm. something. So also planetary periods, we have different periods of our life. One planet rules our lives and next planet comes. And always, just before some planet comes into its power, his power, you uh, feel the change has already been prepared. No, Mm -hmm. and for me also, just before twenty eight, I went to yoga class. The teacher was talking a lot about wisdom of life. It attracted me much more than physical part of it because he bought me by wisdom, you know, universal wisdom. <laughs> and I uh, was always curious for the knowledge. Uh, I was studying literature and languages uh, seven years in Lyceum and then university. From every book I had to read I read it with a lot of stress because it was too much every day I had to read, but I still couldn't help but underlining some expressions of wisdom I liked, you know, or writing them down. And I knew, oh my God, I'm not going to make it 200 pages more to read, but I kept writing down because I knew like tomorrow I have to return this book to the library and I cannot miss all those wisdom quotes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was writing them down. I think that helps me a lot now with Vedic Astrology, you know, realizing uh, not only like dry science of the planets, but how to connect them to wisdom of life. So it all like, comes together in the end.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, I recognize a lot how I was working and still am working to some extent. There is like a curiosity for knowledge, you know, and sometimes with the overload of proposition that we find in, in in the you know everywhere, it can be overwhelming. That's why we need discernment and intuition to know which books we're going to invest our time with. Because mm-hmm. I know that at some moment, maybe ten years ago, when I was reading magazine, I had to read everything, right? Mm-hmm. But nowadays i can i can be selective with a bit more ease and i can skip things but at the time i really couldn't like it was out of there was uh there was maybe wiring that i didn't understand about myself but i remember that maybe there was an anxiety to miss anything or or i think it was a program that maybe a kind of garbage bin program that i had to take everything in from the exterior so it was a bit bit complex and it's not exactly the same as you were you were mentioning but it just makes me think about that
1: and you chose it yourself yes the books you were reading
0: yeah i was i was uh, reading magazines or you know sometimes it was even like a conspiracy theory there was one conspiracy theory magazine, and one other magazine was literature, but Mm -hmm. I I was, it was hard for me to skip, maybe, you know, I I knew that I didn't like so much story, um, history books, but I would still (laughs) read the, Mm -hmm. the summary, maybe, it was, it was hard, that, that was slowing me down, because I couldn't skip something, or I was feeling anxiety, just at the idea to skip, and maybe reassure at the idea to it's a little bit of a mental di- disorder. I mean, uh, I had many <laughs> different different types of disorder in my mind, you know, and trying to kind of um, live uh, my life now in a way that is making me less anxious and um, just have abilities also to trust my intuition. Because sometimes, you know, for example, sometimes I'm looking for a moment on, on a video, for example, on YouTube. And the first time usually I put it, it's exactly the right moment that i was looking for right mm-hmm. and i realized that when i go backward it's, it's never the right moment but the first time is the is the good moment mm. so i realized that there is a flow if i'm in flow and not in fear that is interesting for me to use and that helping me move faster i would say
1: yeah and you see you have uh, gemini ascendant and gemini is this curiosity to all kinds of information that's why you couldn't stop uh, learning and you know your ascendant lord is in the fifth house of learning so the planet that rules you mercury in the fifth house of learning with venus in libra which is beauty so actually it's a very strong position uh, to be like a curiosity for the knowledge and the beauty of knowledge yeah and,
0: and yes exactly and i think you mentioned that to me that uh the system tries to take advantage of your gift so that curiosity or you mentioned kindness but is going to take be taken advantage of and they're going to turn it into a compulsive disorder, right? Where you cannot never get in enough or, or it turns to become an, an anxiety, right?
1: Yeah, but Gemini is that kind of energy that I want to know everything and like not only one field, you know, because then it's very narrow. Gemini wants to know all fields at least a little bit. Uh, and it's a high intelligence <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Why would it feel overwhelming to you? I, um, I don't see any, any unhealthy, uh, placement that I could see that it's a disorder oh, because Mercury also rules your fourth house with moon and Cato. And of course, Moon and Ketu in Virgo, in the fourth house of the house, the house of the mind, Moon is also the mind and Ketu gives psychic perception that can be overwhelming if you perceive a lot. And the Moon rules your second house of what we eat, the food, what we take in. So your Moon uh, ruler of the second house in cancer with K2, so you wanted to you were actually an expert at it from childhood that's what Ketu means from past lives even so you were uh, eating uh, a lot of knowledge like mm-hmm. and perceiving all of it psychically could be overwhelming what do you think
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I've been I've been thinking about that that period of my life where I had quite a bit of free time and um, how I was exploring that uh, at that time and uh, how it was making me feel. And do you do you see anything with food like um like uh which would have brought a complex relationship with food? Or can you see that in the chart of people, and how would you be seeing that?
1: Food, well, from uh, the first house, we see the nourishment. It's also the house of home, comfort, but also food. Cato there, it would deny food. Like, that food is probably not pure enough, you know? And that's why your interest for pure food, because Ketu wants to purify with the moon all the food to to the highest level of God as possible, (laughs) yeah.
0: And you also mentioned that, is it Ketu who is never satisfied? And so there is this thing maybe coming with perfectionism that that is not from this realm?
1: Yeah, in Virgo, Cato and Moon and Virgo is about organizing and Virgo wants to organize everything perfectly that's why it's a sign of purity because uh, it organizes to every little detail and it it can be very important because if you miss one little detail you can damage yourself you know actually Uh, but Mm -hmm. Cato is what never gives satisfaction so no matter how pure you become you still feel like this is not making me happy probably yeah and maybe when you expose yourself a bit more to something dirty you may even feel happy <laughs> i don't know how do you feel about it
0: <laughs> i used to have um i've been working on perfectionism programming you know the, the desire to be to have it perfect because i think first i noticed that Perfection can only exist in one moment and one moment later it's already not perfect or we would do it differently because we're changing and we are it faster recently. Mm-hmm. So I've been opening a little bit, I have been opening myself a lot uh, to, to, to find a, a time where this is enough, right? And mm-hmm. this is how, I mean, I tried that it's good Uh, but I noticed how wanting to reach perfection can just free things and then then the action is just frozen and I just felt like I wasn't moving through. So it was creating not unsatisfaction too. So I feel I've been earning some flexibility with that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, like one astrology teacher said that You know, uh, when you are nervous about giving a perfect reading, you need to remember that it's as perfect as their karma is right now and your karma to give them what they want. Maybe you want to give them perfect reading, but their karma doesn't allow it to happen. And then you will not give them, you know? So, and that is the perfection. Exactly. (laughs) uh, yeah, what is going on at this moment? But of course, intellectually, I understand it, but myself, I also have this quality of perfectionism because I have a sun in Virgo, so I need everything to be really uh, like clean, clear, organized, pure. I purify everything all the time. <laughs> so I imagine Moon Kato would do it also with food. Um, and that's your uh, great talent, how how to uh, purify our energy with the food we eat, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah and, and the body. So uh, yeah, you can use it as your talent just with a little bit of awareness that maybe if you're not very happy from it we can loosen up a bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned the need to purify and um, I mean now, as I'm evolving, you know I'm I've always l- felt better after cleaning or be someone who needed mm-hmm. to be organized maybe like you shared and now I because of what I, I'm learning also from other and and also fro- from Claire Voyant psychic it's that it's because we are also cleaning a lot of unseen energies um you know like when we clean the room when we clear a space whether it's with essential oil or incense or you know any any sacred incense or palo santo or whatever sprays, Uh, it makes a difference. We cannot only, we cannot always see it with our eyes if we're not clairvoyant, but me, I will feel it because I'm more clairsentient. I will feel how it feels in the space, it feels different. I will know it also, Uh, Mm -hmm. and I I will vaguely see it too, but it's not my stronger skill for now. So I think it's, uh, you know, it's important. Um, I think people underestimate the power of purifying and cleaning the space because it, it makes a, a big difference. Then you don't have these things crawling everywhere, influencing you in your field, trying to get in, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah. And of course, the fourth house is also the house of the mind, not only food. So you also purify your own mind those times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. When, whenever I feel disturbed by uh, unclear energy in my space, I have to, cl- to clean. I have to throw everything away, like at least garbage I need to get out of the house to do dishes. You know, I, I feel like uh, as soon as I've done it, I feel more like uh, clear in my space. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i can relate it makes such a big difference Mm -hmm.
1: yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and also of course every item contains energy uh it absorbs energy all the time and uh, it uh, keeps the energy of the past you know that's why uh i think we need to be extra attentive to our items around us Mm -hmm. What do you think? You also agree with that?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, uh, I've been feeling really called to declutter uh, mm-hmm. periodically, and especially since I've been more simplifying my food, it has become more, right? And, um, you know, big furniture became too much. I needed to kind of simplify, mm-hmm. give a lot of things away, um, bring new items in also that are more like a choice of now, Mm-hmm. and not a choice of the past because I, I also realized that even with clothes you know it might be beautiful clothes but it just what maybe i was 25 or 28 when i bought them and i don't feel like the same person so i'm never probably gonna wear these clothes or they remind me or they bring me in the past or so i i i'm still this month I've been back engaging with this process uh, another layer because every time it's another layer and I find new things that okay I don't use I don't need okay uh, and so I'm, I'm making more room again and every time it feels like a new space is born and uh, yeah it, it's a very satisfying feeling to 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 completely declutter and I think it has an influence because sometimes I moved something from a room or I tidy just a cupboard and there was some good news in the day or something positive came out of it so
1: Mm, beautiful I still need to get to my clothes because I have this thing that I think well why should I buy new clothes I still have so many others I don't wear but indeed it's uh, the choice of the past yeah and right now i would choose something else so maybe it's worth it also investing attention in some money also into that yes mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah and uh it's been a few months that now when i'm buying new clothes i'm trying to get them in a nice material right like or, or organic linen or and it feels different right so when I started I only had like one piece but now every time I buy one I I, I try for it to be organic so it feels different it feels nicer the skin is happier with it and uh, and slowly you know changing because you it's it's a big investment to change your wardrobe so but having like just two t-shirts and maybe now a few pants and some things that we like and that we buy with our new self it's um yeah yeah i think it's important more important maybe that we think or sometimes we restrict ourselves or yeah maybe the decluttering process has to be engaged first so we can make room and then yeah
1: Mm -hmm. yeah you know even like i have these jeans right now that i got a year ago they're still like new but they have such a hard material and i think why did i get such jeans like why didn't i go for something softer and i i wouldn't want to wear them right now so you see even in one year you can totally change um, and like why would i buy jeans that don't feel comfortable and one year ago i didn't even think about it how come i don't understand what i was thinking <laughs> you know
0: Mm-hmm. I I understand. I think sometimes it's because we have nothing to compare it to at the moment. So we feel, Oh, it's okay. I can do with that. But then in the long run, when you wear it, you wear it, you, you start to feel uncomfortable. And then you ask because I had the same exact thing. And, I, but in, in five minutes of the time, you're just trying, it's not enough to really, or, or if it means also that we are not, fully conscious in our body to think and notice all the things and we think oh it's okay we don't notice that we we feel uncomfortable which is very interesting because it happens yeah. a, a lot and if you know better then you know but maybe maybe you, i think it's quite hard to find a good yeah. something that fits like a good yeah. uh, gene is very, <laughs> very hard
1: that feels comfortable that gives you comfortable feeling around your skin yeah i still remember how you came into my house in my shower and like oh all these products are not organic and you sent me the package and i tried i felt from the first time how my energy field was feeling totally different from organic shower gel like i never knew it because i thought okay it doesn't really matter organic or not organic And I never tried organic, and then I tried it, and now I knew, wow, you know, my skin energy field feels totally different, whole, like not uh, disturbed. So uh, you are right that when we don't know better, we choose what we think is the best, but then we might, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: then, i mean I, I changed a lot of my products when i was liquid fasting because then you become really sensitive to smell actually the smell of a uh, shower shell becomes suddenly too much right and i noticed also that when liquid fasting i would just use a tiny bit just a drop was enough you, you won't put the whole thing right you don't you don't need like you just go very minimalistic because everything's quite intense right so
1: yeah So that's very good decluttering to go back to minimalistic. Then you can really fill your space and life with consciously chosen things. And a lot of my clothes I cannot throw away because I still have a part of that scarcity mentality from Ukraine where people would never throw away anything because they would never know if they would have money to buy new ones, you know. So I healed a lot of that in my past years here, I can easily throw things away, but with the clothes, I still have that uh, problem. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, uh, yeah, I I mean, um, yeah, I can understand that because for me, I mean, there are some clothes that I separated from last year um, because I knew I wouldn't wear them. They were bringing me to the past and um or some of them yeah just uh just wear clothes for my third my 20s and but i also have that with photos right because Mm -hmm. i i never i i went declutter a lot but i never got rid of some of my big boxes of photos Mm -hmm. but I d i didn't think about going through each photo and just keeping some and not keeping all and and for from my, my grandmother was a uh, passionate about photograph and for her I think it would be like a, a crime to throw away photos because she was it was a passion really she was mm-hmm. she was really into photos so I, I'm just starting with that and it feels good also because then if I take the box I know that it's all photos that I like uh, and of people I know and maybe I, I, I'm throwing some, random landscape that, okay, I, I don't need all of that. I keep, uh, or maybe if there is repetition, I don't keep all of them. So yeah, it's uh, decluttering can take us very deep into mm. our memories and uh, how we approach daily life.
1: Something with the photos for me is really uh, unbelievable uh, that I cannot imagine how can someone throw away the photo? So I keep them all, and I don't, because there are so many photos that I don't really like, the ones that I really like, is harder to notice, and I need to start working on that and see what it does maybe to my consciousness. Maybe it's going to be very powerful psychological treatment.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, like uh, for me it began not not long ago after a conversation um with with my friend mentioning that she was uh, throwing away card, you know, postcard and I also need to go through many postcards for example, Christmas postcard maybe I don't want to keep you know holidays like because people f- uh, send these mm-hmm. out of a programming out of an obligation sometimes maybe it's less spontaneous than Mm-hmm. others so yeah postcard and photos it, it it also brings a lot of memories right because you read the text you know you just uh, it's engaging uh it's very it's engaging a lot of layers
1: indeed the same with postcards i have that when i get the postcard i kind of scan it with my energy some people send sincerely, they send less and less, but if, like I get postcards from my work, you know, and may say, forgive me for saying it, but I don't feel it's a sincere card. So I, I go and I throw it away right before even enter my house. So, because I know it just cannot be sincere, you know, because of it comes from some boss who have never met me and mm how can it be sincere yeah it's a nice gesture i appreciate it but i don't take it inside my house
0: you know interesting Mm -hmm. yeah it's very subtle in terms of energies Mm
1: -hmm. yeah of course some other yeah i always honor every person and their gifts so i don't just throw everything away but after (laughs) like after eight years of course some postcards can go (laughs) you know
0: yes Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, because not long ago, I threw away some some letters and um, because they don't bring good memories when I, you know, it it brings maybe a, a little dramatic period or a difficult time. And so I decided, okay, now I don't need them anymore to be reminded about that time. If that time wants to come back and I've been processing many layers anyway, I don't need something exterior to, and, and I felt also so very different from the person who had written the words. And like I, I did a lot of healing, so it felt very good to to put them in the bin. And uh, I, I don't know, they're, they're not yet out because they're in the paper bin, but soon they will be out.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very interesting because you uh, have Ketu in the fourth house and I have Rahu in the fourth house. And it's quite the opposite energy. And still I can relate so well to your process in the mind. And Rahu would want to get obsessed with all the things and keep them, you know. Kato would want to get rid of them. But still I also have that, that I want to get rid of things. Because Rahu is like the head without the body. So it keeps eating, 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 never digesting. So it wants more, 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 you know. And Ketu is the body. It's uh, according to the leg- legend. And the body just, um, it has digestion, right? Just no head. Well, but the point is that Rahu is it, getting obsessed. Like I want more, more, more. And Ketu wants detachment. Like I detach myself from this.
0: Mm-hmm. It's funny because I also can relate to your to your one because I have both right uh, mm-hmm. I have satisfaction to get rid of and uh, but there was also like a compulsion maybe to to soothe some anxiety especially in the past that now I regulate a little bit more better much better much better now <laughs> So it's interesting these contrasts
1: yeah, and still, uh, probably it works like mutual help, because you give me energy I, I, that balances me out, and you receive energy that balances you out, and together it just works. It's very great.
0: Mm-hmm. So you presented a little bit about Vedic astrology. Could you, could you contextualize first maybe how, how did you, when did Vedic astrology arrive on your path? oh were you looking for it or how did that turn out
1: mm-hmm. yes uh so i want to add uh, one little thing that we were talking about the clothes yes. and the moon is now in capricorn capricorn is the sign of the like crocodile tough skin hard skin yeah moon is the mind and our mind went into skin clothes you know harder skins. So it's just interesting how it works.
0: <laughs> oh, OK, I see what you mean. Yeah, 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 right? It's not by accident that we, mm-hmm. and it's not a detail, right? It's underestimated, too.
1: Yeah, and we could trust ourselves uh, to talk about it, even if we didn't plan to discuss it, because that's how planets, uh, their energy, we just received those waves, and we went with it, you know? Um, yeah, that's what I wanted to notice. Uh, and about Vedic astrology, I was doing a yoga teacher training in school in the Netherlands for two years. And once a Vedic astrologer from Germany came to offer the sessions, I got very curious and I asked the yoga teacher, What is Vedic astrology? And she said that uh, it's uh, like according to the planners you can get the life advice about your life path where i'm going what is my purpose where is what direction i'm i need to go and i got so curious i booked the session and again i was uh, totally impressed uh, couldn't believe yeah that such thing even existed and i uh, that teacher wasn't offering lessons but I started talking to my uh, friends, fellow students about it, turned out the boyfriend of one of the girls in my group of yoga teacher training was Vedic Astrologer, and I I went to him to start the very basic uh, study, he was from India where Vedic Astrology comes from, so I could studied from really a person who learned it in India when he was nine years old he was already older than 50 and all this time he's been into Vedic astrology so I got a really good start uh, however teachers in India are often very strict and I at some point felt like he is stricter with me than necessary no? mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah mm-hmm i i took a bit of distance towards other teachers
0: (laughs) right sometimes we sometimes we meet some people learn from them but then at some point we feel that the energy maybe become too entangled or are not serving us anymore and it's kind of good for us to kind of detach and keep the teachings maybe yeah yeah Mm -hmm. So, what did you learn about your? What can you remember about your getting to know your own chart in the beginning? And did it help you to understand yourself more, or how did it help you?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, the Vedic astrologer, um, the teacher kept telling me really good things about my chart, uh, and I didn't feel it. I experienced my life like really heavy, a lot of limitations, a lot of pressure. And he kept saying, no, no, don't worry. You have a great Saturn, he's your friend. And, and I'm like, I don't feel like anything is great. I feel like everything's so hard. And he said, just wait, just wait, have patience. So I didn't know how to believe Something I'm not experiencing, you know. Yeah, he tells me this, but yeah, it's also a challenge now for me. If I see something and the person hears it, but he or she is not experiencing it, how should they just believe me? Yeah, That's the challenge of a Vedic astrologer and of the person who takes the reading or receives the reading to be open. To hear, you know, because uh, I realized if what I know right now, if someone would just tell me that when I was 16, and if I would just believe them, then because someone could have told me, but I wouldn't believe them. Yeah. It's also um, very important to believe it when we hear it. So it can help us. But how can you believe without knowing? It? Yeah. Uh, what if it's not true so that's just (laughs) what i'm thinking right now Uh, uh, like that's what vedic astrology can help us with but we need to trust the astrologer we're consulting that he or she really uh, knows what they're saying because a lot of astrologers have very incorrect advice And I think with all occult occult sciences that have to do with mystical deeper energies we never know if the guidance is correct. Yeah? And I realized it only many years later about Vedic astrology uh, because like if you look at planetary placements and in the chart of every person there uh, can be all kinds of energies frequencies that exist on this earth and if you see that it can really scare you imagine person comes and you have an office for a reading and you see energies in his chart that uh, like i don't want to say bad but like really uh, could make a very dangerous person you know <laughs> and you you are giving him a reading and you don't feel safe anymore after you've seen it so what do you do so it's you know vedic astrology is this kind of science uh, that always needs very sharp discernment and the person who gets the reading also needs to have sharp discernment uh, what is it about it's uh, at the moment we are born at that exact moment planets We're in a certain position. We have 12 uh, 12 zodiac signs and nine planets and like from Aries to Pisces and we have Moon, Sun, Venus, Mars, Mercury, Jupiter, Saturn and Rahu and Ketu. Rahu and Ketu are not planets but the nodes of the Moon. Uh, It's the points where the orbits of the moon around the earth and the earth around the sun intersect. Those two energetical points are so powerful, they're considered like planets. So planets give us energy. At the moment we are born, we inherit this energy of this moment and it becomes our quality for the rest of our life. And from this point of perspective in this space and time, we look at every next moment that we experience from the per- through the perspective of the moment we were born. For example, if um, your moon is in Virgo, <clears throat> my son is in Virgo. I experience or you experience every moment that comes into your consciousness through the moon in Virgo, you know? And my moon is in Leo. I experienced through the moon in Leo. So I'm relating to everything with my moon mind in Leo. You know, I cannot relate to it through the moon in Capricorn, like today. But when moon is in Capricorn, I can get a glimpse of what it's like, you know. It's just like one or two days. But imagine someone has this point of reference all their lives. And I only have two days a month, you know so as an astrologer, you can experience everything if you are observing you do observation every day. Mm-hmm. but still you have your own moon, which is the mind that you were born with this particular placement, and you are interacting from that Yeah, because it's not completely neutral, like it's not uh, like complete freedom, it's a kind of conditioning, Mm -hmm. like Moon and Leo, Leo is about uh, the soul in the highest sense uh, and and the soul's quality, it wants to be seen, it wants to be appreciated. which is normal. So for me, I want to give appreciation. I want to feel appreciation. Through, For example, through this lens, I look at everything. You know? So I cannot really uh, change it because I cannot be aware every moment of my life 100%. Only when I practice, I can gain awareness. I, I can relate to certain things out more free space not conditioned space but as soon as we get entangled into daily life we start relating from that condition and um so it's not always bad some conditioning brings us to something really great like the work we can do that no one else can do so we shouldn't change our conditioning if it's really great um but if we want to be really free Vedic astrology can help us to see what is my conditioning you know so you're not so blind anymore um why am i reacting this way yeah because my moon is in Leo okay so that's why and then i can move more towards freedom to choose let it go or maybe use it yeah does it make
0: sense it does make total sense and uh i also can relate to um you know needing some time to kind of integrate you know becoming aware of the shadow of others but also my own shadow And then, um, you know, it's like a potential, you know, but then what we're going to do with it is going to be different. also the way we're going to manifest it, you know, the potential of, of, of any individual, individual, and you can have like, um, Mm -hmm. you can match some frequencies of shadow, but maybe you won't act on them or, you know, your ways are going to be different. So I, 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 in the profiling of, of of anyone, I think that it what matters is also how people do actually behave and what they choose to do and you know and how you feel with them, because it's gonna it's gonna tell you the rest of the information that you really need to really make your own idea about anyone out there. Right? How how do you what do you how do you feel when you're in communication with them? You know, because we can perceive intention, like hidden intention, or we can also sometimes be triggered where be triggered where there is no intention to trigger. But usually, we can also detect it. You know, when it's intentional, not intentional. You know, it's uh, what forces are are driving. Sometimes people are not aware. I mean, every one of us, um, we have forces influencing us all day long. So different, many
1: different forces, so. Yeah, imagine nine planets is just what we know and we use. How many other bodies out there in the cosmos that influence us? Maybe the whole galaxies influence us in a way we don't even know. So we never know indeed what can influence us, you know? And uh, when you get Vedic astrology reading, Many people think, okay, astrologer is gonna tell me this is my destiny and that's it, yeah? But the point is to become free so you can make a choice. of freedom. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be afraid that I'm gonna hear what my destiny is and I cannot change it. No, you can gain more awareness and then every moment you can consciously choose not being driven by unconscious forces because they become conscious you now see okay like the sun in in virgo in the eighth house is guiding my choice what if i choose out of different point of view you know and and then you are free actually
0: yeah i i, I really i really like that because yeah there is this idea of destiny that is pushed sometimes by also film movies and series even and it made me when listening to you I was thinking oh yeah that's that's to condition us that it's how it's supposed to be and then you're kind of not standing in your power right you're letting things happen I mean a lot of new age book are also about that right like um letting just uh you know just being led by synchronicities but not all synchronicities are benevolent or meant for us sometimes they are proposition that maybe we want to refuse because mm-hmm. different energies can help us manifest different type of synchronicity so it, it kind of just uh, positively sparked a lot of inspiration in my mind
1: and look as soon as you get very excited about signs of synchronicity right away some hidden forces think oh that's what we can use to get her you know Uh, and now we'll give her synchronicity sign and she will do exactly what's going to be the wrong path for her so she does get the light too quickly like for example yeah it's also um i'm not trying to convince anyone in existence of different forces but it's how i see it you know (laughs) yeah so i uh i think that uh whatever we get uh, really enthusiastic about can be can get used against us. so it's just uh, about synchronicity i just realized
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, have a, I have a few examples in my life where later on I discovered that oh, what looked like it was so supposed or so mm-hmm. in the flow was in fact uh, kind of orchestrated in some ways by energies or so that are hiding from, from the visible. So I became aware because I can feel them. Maybe I became able more to trust that I was feeling them because I always felt them Uh, but maybe there was no trust in that that sensation because I cannot see it with my eyes and so much credit is given to things that we can see, 3D thing, the 3D, I think.
1: Yeah, and it's very hard, especially when if you share it with someone, they tell you it doesn't exist. It's even harder to trust yourself than what you are feeling if you can perceive it. And you know, if, as soon as you don't trust what you perceive, I think you get a kind of disease, unease, disease. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, you need to trust yourself. Whatever you perceive, it gives you strength, confidence about who you are. Uh, your intuition if you trust your intuition it gets stronger um <clears throat> yeah so i experienced it also many times i would share even with very close people and what i would perceive uh, and i knew i could trust myself the subtle subtle signs of promptings, you know and they would just uh, please Ola, please you know and i'm like okay so maybe i also shouldn't trust it maybe i shouldn't pay attention to it and then you get confused Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah it's it's sometimes it's extremely confusing because even lately like this last year um i know that when i i did a mistake of discernment right Mm because sometimes the deceit goes so deep into your mind and into your own body that Mm -hmm. that time I shouldn't have trust myself because what I was experiencing was kind of remotely triggered or so when I had this episode then I would really doubt myself for all the for all the decision that I had made like in my past because I didn't know which Mm -hmm. one to trust uh, if I could trust my own Mm -hmm. my own discernment of the past because of that one mistake so it's very complex right What's yeah. going
1: on in our in our own mind, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, we think we make our choices, but actually, if we are aware at how many factors influence our choices, yeah, that can be overwhelming to even realize it, yeah and you know, as to destiny, I think some some events are destined that we cannot escape, probably we're going to get that event no matter what we do. No matter what we choose, it's going to happen. But those destined events, I think they are uh, meant to bring us to where we need to, to get anyway. So we shouldn't worry that they will happen because it's a bigger plan and you already chose it for yourself your higher self so you know it's gonna help you as long as you stay connected to yourself and you know uh, this is who I am and which also Vedic astrology can help us raise to know who I am and I'm choosing this consciously Like, I choose to follow these values of truthfulness. I consciously choose to be truthful to myself, to others. And, you know, no matter uh, which event is going to happen and when, I am living, making this choice every day out of my free will. Yeah? So I am actually free. Something like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And would you say that uh, like we can see some like can we see in someone someone's chart how well they will communicate for example with others? You know, what will be their strength and maybe what will be their weaknesses?
1: Yes, of course. Uh, When uh, Mercury planet that rules communication is conjunct Venus the planet of beauty like in your chart communication becomes beautiful and (laughs) Venus is strong so it's also true beauty Venus rules relationships with people it's about interaction so it's a we can see this person is gonna interact in a truly beautiful way, what is beautiful way? By giving respect to others, by receiving their respect, you know, appreciating others, valuing others, giving them value, receiving value from them. So if Mercury is involved with Venus, we can say uh, if Venus is not afflicted, but in strong position, we can say it's going to be beautiful communication. If mercury is afflicted, person, it's not like they're going to communicate in an ugly way, but they will not communicate with even with themselves clearly. They may have a very twisted communication with themselves, and they may not want to even get into getting it straight like some people don't even want to know what's the true story you know and if we are relating to other people out of place of not having our story in our story straight we're also not gonna communicate in a you know in a decent uh, like dignified way with them because we're gonna lie not intentionally but if we think this is a story running in my mind and i believe it like everybody hates me even if they are kind to me you know this is not a correct story but if you really think that's the right story that's mercury when it's afflicted he it, it can do such thing you're going to talk to other person as if they are not sincere to you but they are but you already relate to them, talk to them, like they are doing something bad to you. And of course, that's going to create distortions. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense how you worded it. Um, I mean, it's uh, sometimes, you know, every, every one of us, we are traumatized. And so we learn coping mechanism to survive, but sometimes we many times we make wrong assumption about about others, about ourselves, and then we kind of keep it with us Mm -hmm. and we kind of repeat it, project it. Um, Mm -hmm. And it does create complication in communication with others, right? Because others might not be able to put their fingers exactly on what's happening, but they feel it. They feel a restriction. They feel that they cannot get maybe past some layers. So they feel that maybe intimacy is limited. And okay, you cannot pass, you can feel the border, right? Yeah. So, and then when you become yourself become aware of this existence of these spine patterns and you kind of start to dismantle it, then you feel you can go deeper with others. You know, you feel like you have more space also, and it feels nice but one minute before you were, I wasn't aware that it's how, you know, I, I feel it everywhere. It's, it's what many call ego, but it's like the protective way we have learned to survive and just a, a way of being here. It's so interesting to, and of course, some of, some of it is more problematic than others. You know, when you have really strong distortion energy present that are undermining others i mean we all have to some extent but when it's really strong then it can be hard to keep calm or to to be welcoming because it can um it can actually plug right back into our wounding of not being recognized not feeling loved not feeling heard uh, all of that so at some point we may we may lose our, our calm and then It's too bad because it's just a problem of communication, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I notice when I'm in a healthy state of mind and someone is doing something weird, I can kind of start looking at them as a doctor, you know? Okay, what do I need to give them (laughs) so they become healthy again? But if I'm not in a healthy state of mind, I start taking it like, I don't deserve such treatment, you know? And then my uh, wounding of uh, not deserving, something gets triggered and I start like, how, you know, how do they think it's fair to treat me this way? And it it just gets
0: uh, Mm -hmm.
1: complicated. I
0: know what you're talking about. And I think it's by design, you know when we get triggered if we react from that place then it's too bad sometimes because you know sometimes people have a hard time to let go that it happened as an event you know it was just a uh, a mistake in communication <laughs> let's try again we will do better this time people might be stuck with that forever and think it's you it thinks that's all of you there is while You're so much more, and there's so much more. And so, why not try with your new self, your present self, to communicate again? But I I find then we can get stuck in remorse, in regret, you know, in what could have been. um, Sometimes it's not possible to repair if one of the person is unwilling to kind of um, be open to see reality, you know, when we're so sure to see it as it is about also about other people we can restrict we can limit what we think other people are but that's what i'm working on actively for the moment it's also reopening so much so uh, to the gigantic beings you know the the immensity of what what people are and mm-hmm. i when i'm de- when i'm in this state of mind it's really really expensive and in the wound itself it's really restrictive right yeah
1: and you are getting to these realizations because your ascendant lord mercury is with strong venus (laughs) so this higher intelligence of higher evolutionary level of development of venus is present in your life it's very strong presence of intelligence and i think when you have such strong healthy energy like when people start interacting with you they become your Venus which is strong so they heal by being treated right with uh, value you know with being seen being uh, respected even if their Venus is really bad they talk to you and they feel healing energy you know so that's why i i think uh, i would recommend you to talk to people (laughs) you can heal them by just talking to them yeah and the same uh, when someone has some really strong planetary placement he or she should really use it to heal people Uh, Mm yeah like uh, yeah Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, and I feel like when we have gift like this, it's good to be aware of it, so we can to be aware of our strength, right?
1: Because
0: um, we can also get such a distorted idea of ourselves that we don't see clearly what we are good at, so we don't focus the energy there. Where actually, if we focus the energy there, it's gonna grow and blossom. But if we focus the energy in the mirror, distorted.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then
0: it's not going to flourish a lot, right?
1: That's a good one, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And and what about your strength in your Vedic chart?
1: Um, <laughs> I have exalted Saturn uh, in Libra. You have Venus in Libra, and I have Saturn, you know, and you have Mercury in Libra, and I have Saturn, and they're all best friends that's why we have uh, all these energies uh, interacting in a friendly way like venus is best friend to saturn mercury is friend to saturn so my saturn your venus and mercury they are delighting each other delighting instead of pushing down yeah like sometimes some dynamics can happen with people like if I have Saturn there and you have Sun, Sun is the soul, life force, Saturn pushes it down and the person would feel every time like when I talk to that person, he or she pushes me down yeah. So then you know, okay, if they're not gonna change, not willing to work on that consciously, I may not benefit so much from this relationship yeah mm-hmm. But... Uh, um, so uh, about Saturn and Libra, it's uh, very much like I think like Venus and Libra. But Saturn is limitation, it's boundary. So it's not only a relationship that honors each other, but with the energy of boundary or uh, limitation. So. Um, in the first beginning of life, it is very heavy because planets start on their lowest level of development. It creates a lot of boundaries with, in relationships that you are not really understanding yet. You think, I want it, and Saturn puts boundaries, like pressure, or says no. And you think, like, why not? I need to have it. But uh, if Saturn is intelligent, he blocks from you what you shouldn't have, even if you want it. Because maybe uh, 20 years later, you will see, thank God I didn't go or move to that country, you know? Um, But now you cannot see it and you really want it. So Saturn feels really heavy for the heart, like why can't I have what I want? But then 30 years later you see, okay, so now I'm really at a good place. I'm glad I couldn't have what I wanted at that point and at that point, because if you look at those, like even relationships, if you look at those people now, I wouldn't be at a good place with them right now, being with them, yeah? For example. Uh, And uh, it felt quite heavy for me all my life. Only after Saturn return, I started seeing the blessing of it that Saturn blocks things from me. And it feels very heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. But actually, I always end up actually in the best situation I noticed. So it cannot be that bad, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Uh, Like uh, I end up like, I wanted to move to California during my Saturn return. I just, I Felt so restless. I had some options, not with full integrity, but like signing papers with some friends. I didn't want to do it in such a way, but they told me, Oh, come on, you know, who cares? Just let's sign the papers. You can move here. And I was about to start yoga teacher training. And I thought, Okay, I really want to do yoga teacher training, but it's two years and I couldn't wait so long. To move to California. I wanted to move right away. And I thought, no way, I'm going to wait for two years. But I also didn't accept the option that wasn't fully according to my value system. So I went to do teacher training and I finished it. After two years, I saw it didn't really matter. And you know, Vedic astrologer told me at that point when I shared with him i really have to move to california right now should i start this teacher training and he said it doesn't really matter if you move right now or two years later (laughs) you know but it felt to me like it's gonna matter a lot (laughs) two years later i was going to california every summer and i didn't find the opportunity to move Now. I realized if I didn't do my yoga teacher training, I would move to California and adopt that mindset that people have there and I wouldn't go into spiritual path. My whole life, my whole destiny, so to speak, wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. Because people in that environment where I was going in California were really just... Interested in partying, and who knows how I would get involved into that circle of society? Maybe wouldn't even get interested in yoga anymore. So Saturn blocked it from me, and he said, "Go do yoga teacher training." <laughs> it felt really limiting. Like it's cold. It's uh, bad weather always raining always dark i have to study and it just seemed so much better that kind of life you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so this was saturn and libra does he blocks probably some pleasures from you of life
0: yeah especially for you who for who, uh, for you the sun you have a strong connection with you know the sun and i know that it's important for you the mm-hmm. weather you know maybe has a strong influence on
1: you or yeah but saturn decided i have to give her this spiritual knowledge you know that's going to be foundation of the rest of my life and i couldn't miss it you know saturn doesn't really care about if you like this lesson or not
0: (laughs) oh i can imagine i think But I think looking back to whatever our life is, we can, depending, you know, we're going to have these moments where it feels like everything was in its place and it really depends how we feel and if we are in the body, if we feel dissociated or not. And then we can really, it's it's really going to affect our perspective. You know, it can go from black to white in, very, very quickly in one instant, um, it can change fast, you know, because one even leading to another to another, and, um, yeah, things are kind of
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. plugging to each other. Yeah, just uh, mm-hmm. fascinating how it is. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And you see a Saturn is this planet that, uh, um, gives you this boundary, like, you're not going to California (laughs) and he keeps giving you this boundary, but then if you can take this limitation, if you can take his boundary, then you're gonna be free. And exalted Saturn brings you to freedom after that. You know, so take responsibility, do this now, like work hard, it was boring routine, you know, constantly practicing the same postures two years, three years long, every day, again and again. And after that, it opens other dimensions in your consciousness, you know, and actually uh, that is the journey that Saturn planned for me, you know, in my consciousness, not in worldly traveling maybe but i keep wanting that worldly things and, and he says take my boundary then you will go beyond this world <laughs> but mm-hmm. at the moment when you are just a human being on this earth in this life you you can suffer a lot that you're not getting what you want right now <laughs> mm-hmm that's my uh, journey he rules me and only last um, last five six years i'm seeing the blessing
0: so would you say that it's what's happening during sudden return it's like a limitation that comes is it the same for for everyone or was it more you reading your charts
1: i uh, think saturn starts gently giving his lesson to everyone uh, but uh, the stronger he is the more he is going to insist you know and it is a blessing but in disguise because at that moment that's not what we want so if he is not insisting you may feel much happier Oh, okay I can do what I want I can choose what I want, and then you get in trouble. So it's important to listen to gentle, like Saturn giving gentle uh, kind of pressures on you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If uh, your Saturn is not strong, you know you should listen, like take it even more serious. The difficulty is that who is going to really do it, if you say that person. Take your limitations right now very serious. But you said it, but they feel they don't have to, so they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, it's. Uh, I think what we need is well, the lock, the lock, which is the ninth house of the right spiritual guidance and the right hearing of it. Yeah, that's what can really help. During Saturn return, we're always put into impossible, in front of impossible choice. Mm
0: -hmm. Did you
1: also experience that?
0: yeah yeah it was brutal it was very limiting like uh, it was different door coming like no 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 no
1: <laughs> maybe he has put limitations on everyone then not only when he's strong maybe also when he's less strong or weak because i hear many people experience really hard time with set and return i just i just couldn't believe what an impossible choice i was in front of Mm-hmm. i couldn't make any choice for such a long time i was going every day it was exhausting and um, yeah i think that's uh, that's the point when saturn says now you don't have a choice or like mm-hmm. you know like you were free for 30 years of your life now it's my time to just tell you what to do <laughs> kind of final test yeah you can see it as final test how well did you learn your lessons in your past 28 years let's let's see
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah
0: yeah yeah it really refine you it asked you to refine yourself and to delimitate your choices much more clearly and do work that maybe you were a little bit too lazy or were not aware you were needing to do, actually. But they say, now is the time. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my invitation.
1: (laughs) And it's not really an invitation. It's like, uh, I will not let you do anything else anyway.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes, Yes, that's how I perceived it. Like, here's here's your invitation. (laughs)
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's funny yeah
0: <laughs> it, it was uh, clear and brutal but i think it's for for a lot of people because um <laughs> i think at the time when it was happening i was not fully aware of what what was Saturn return i don't know i don't remember when i became aware that Saturn return was a thing if it was during or after But then I became really fascinated because I think it's a very interesting time, period of the life of people, and it's interesting to know what they were going through at that age,
1: you know? Yeah, and astrologers say, we don't really mature until Saturn return. We really grow up after that. Mm -hmm. I'm a serious person. And uh, at 37, it's Saturn maturation. 35, 37. So the Saturn reaches his highest point, potential of what it's gonna mean for you in this life. And of course, it can feel really heavy, like you are carrying a very heavy baggage on your shoulders, you know? And it can get so heavy, like imagine you have to go up the mountain in a heat, with no water, with very heavy backpacks that you cannot drop, and you cannot stop going, and you also cannot go anymore, you know? That kind of feeling that can last for two years, metaphorically speaking. (laughs) (laughs) Exhausting, exhausting kind of um, heavy.